Thank you for listening to Weekly Wisdom, the podcast of First Presbyterian Church in Haddonfield, New Jersey. This week's sermon by Associate Pastor Nikki Basante is titled, The True Sacrament. It's based on Isaiah 58, verses 6 through 9, and Luke 17, verses 5 through 10. and maybe you do too, if I'm not careful, I can get hung up on all the junk that's on the surface. When the disciples ask Jesus to increase their faith, he tells them about a faith that in the tiniest quantity has the power to perform miracles, literally pitch a tree into the sea. In other words, it's as if Jesus is saying in my words, what's your problem, disciples? And then after that, he goes on to admonish them even further to understand themselves as worthless slaves. I could point out the obvious problems that are already here, but I'm not going to do that. What I want to tell you today is, friends, there must be a spiritual component to our thinking. You see, when I run into a passage that feels especially prickly, that's a signal to me that I need to drill down into it lest I miss the message the master would want me to hear. Distilled, shaken down, pressed together, this passage says two things. Number one, this is going to be shocking. Don't bother praying for faith. You might as well pray for sweet potatoes. Faith is a gift from God that's allotted in measure according to God's will. It's a spiritual gift. These are different from the fruits that Marvin shared with us the other week. The point in Jesus saying this is that there is no such thing as spiritual stature. There's no need to pray for faith. God has given you all that you need. Friends, we must never think that we are the ones that bring glory to God. It is God who brings God's glory to us. And the second thing that this passage points out is that your only task is to follow the instructions that God has given you. That's it. All we're able to say at the end of the day is that we were obedient to the master. Now, this is not a small thing. When was the last time any of you read directions for a new appliance that came into your house? When's the last time you took direction from anyone? I used to think that scripture said 10,000 different things. You know, but I've learned that the Bible only says a very few things in 10,000 different ways. Put away all your political attachments. Put away all your preconceived notions and falsehoods tricked out as truth. Put aside your very self and be a slave to the gospel. An ambassador in chains to use Paul's words exactly. I know this is uncomfortable. But there is a consistent theme in the word that's reflected in this disheveled little passage of scripture here. And is reflected throughout the Bible. Do not try to elevate yourself to some spiritual stature. The ground is completely level at the foot of the cross. But instead of talking to you about this endlessly, I'll share a story in Jesus style because that's what he did. Jesus shared stories so we could find ourselves in them. And I want to share a story that Jesus told to his disciples in the Jerusalem temple's atrium beside the golden door facing the valley of Sidron, known to the Jewish countrymen as the valley of Josephat. One day that day, after going up a number of hills, God's messenger, 
holding its trumpet underneath his arm, arrived in the valley of Josephat. It was springtime, not like today. And the whole valley was clothed in green grass, while a stream of crystalline water ran in silence. The messenger, satisfied, gave a smile, greeted this new day and the new sun, and scaled the stone walls rising beside the valley. And when he reached the top, he took a big breath and he blew his trumpet. And when he did, all the ears of the world listened. The messenger cupped his hands and yelled, Hear ye, everyone, make haste to the valley of Josephat. The day has come, and the Lord is gathering the nations, people from north and south and east and west, all those who have lived under the sun. The messenger descended the walls then and headed towards the middle part of the valley where a date palm grew. Under its green and shining foliage, he spread a sheepskin, which served as a rug. Then with the help of a knife, he made a wooden stool out of the branches of the tree. That was to be the throne where the Lord would welcome all the families of the earth. When the messenger lifted his eyes, he saw the first caravans coming over the horizon. There were groups of men and women, old and young men with white beards, children being carried by arms, multitudes of people heading toward the great valley of Josephat to be a part of God's family. The messenger went to receive them and said to the first group of people, Who are you and where do you come from? They said, we are from the land of the pharaohs and the Egyptians. We are children of a great nation, as numerous as the sands and the deserts. And the messenger asked, which god did you worship in your life? The Egyptians said, the only true god, Osiris, the son of God, the judge of the living and the dead. And the messenger said, okay, then this way and take your seats over there. Another group of people came. The messenger asked, who are you? And we said, we are the Chaldeans. And we worship the only true God, Marduk, Lord and Master of History. Here we are, your sons and daughters, the Assyrians and the Babylonians. And to another group of people, the messenger asked, and where did you come from? And they said, we came over the great sea, passed by many islands. We are the Greeks of a land of wise men and artists born under the shadow of Parnassus. We are here for Zeus, the powerful god who sits at the sacred Olympus. We're looking for Hermes, Dionysus, and Aphrodite, for the thousands of gods that we know and those we don't know. And then another group shouted. On and on it went. And so it was hundreds of nations and thousands of people came from the four corners of the earth, cramming together in this valley, each bringing the color of their religion and asking about their god. And then came another group. From a small nation. And the messenger asked them, who are you? And they said, you mean you don't know us? We are the sons and daughters of Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph. We came from the Jerusalem of the earth and were undertaking our journey to the Jerusalem in heaven. And the messenger said, well, you've got to wait. Wait for what? We are circumcised in the name of God of Israel, the only true God. Where is Yahweh, the God of our fathers? The messenger didn't reply. He just showed them the valley. And the children of Israel, like a flock without a shepherd, passed through the valley and looked for a place around the date palm tree. And there in the center of the valley was a huge multitude that no one could count. And it pervaded the valley of Josephat, and all eyes were fixed on this small wooden throne that remained empty. And do you know what happened next? 
Everybody became impatient, all looking for this God who is to judge history and welcome them into a family. They were pushing and shoving, and then they started arguing with one another about who was the greatest. Who was the one true God? And the multitude continued talking to one another, jostling with one another, and arguing with one another. And while they did this, no one noticed this thin, young, brown man in a robe full of patches who was making his way among the people. He was carrying this walking cane, and he looked very tired. And after he'd been shoved around and pushed, he reached the center where the date palm tree with resplendent foliage was located, and he took a seat. One of the Romans that was there was aghast. Who's this insolent guy sitting on the throne? And a woman said, hey, you snotty-nosed young man, what are you doing there? Do you feel faint? Stand like the rest of us. You're not any better than anyone here. And then the messenger blew his trumpet, and all men and women, big and small, those who have come from the north and the south and the east and the west, stood revealed before God. And the thin man, seated under the shadow of the date palm tree, stood up and with the help of his cane began to speak. He said, friends, I apologize for having made you wait. Reason is, I've just been released from jail and I'm exhausted. I was in prison for quite a long time and I was transferred from one jail to another. I was jobless for many years knocking door to door. I even tilled the soil, but the land was not mine. I worked the migrant workers route on both the east and the west coasts of the world. I've sown for centuries in a foreign land. I've sweated it out in various shops, worked like a beast in textile mills and sweatshops, swallowed dust and coal in mines, only to earn a measly sum of money that doesn't even cover my rent or pay for food. I had to sleep in the open. I was helpless, trembling with fever, without even a piece of rag to put on my forehead. I've roamed all over the world. I've traversed mountains of miseries. I've sailed in seas of tears just to be with you all. You remember me, don't you? Or do you not know who I am? Don't you recognize me? And then there was silence in heaven and on earth for half an hour. All the inhabitants of the earth gathered in the valley of Josephat tried to recall where they had seen this thin, young, brown man. The Egyptian said, isn't he Martin, the guy who came last night begging for a plate of soup? And even the atheist responded, no, that's Lalas, the activist who incited the farmers to go on strike. He was beaten afterwards. Someone else responded, this is odd. I met a widow, a woman who looked very much like him. And amid all the discussion, everyone heard a deep, resounding voice. And what they heard was, what you have done to him, you have done unto me. What you have not done unto him, you have not done unto me. And the man seated on the stool, covered by sheepskin, raised his cane. It was like a shepherd's staff. And with that, he separated the huge multitude before him. Some he put on one side and the rest on the other side. And then people started to get a little anxious. The Chaldeans said, wait a minute. What about all the sacrifices I made in the name of God? Another person said, what about the prayers I uttered day and night? The Greek said, I burned incense, lighted candles, went to temple and knelt at the altar. The Jews said, Lord, we spoke in your name. We preached in your name and even performed miracles. And the young man replied, 
It doesn't matter anymore. Once again, the heavens opened and the deep voice of the unseen God was heard anew, that of the only true God. His name is mystery and whose face no mortal has ever seen. And God said, those on this side, you can go away now. It never mattered to you if your brothers and sisters suffered hunger, cold or misery or not. You on this side, come with me. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me water to drink. You opened the doors of your houses when I needed shelter. You consoled me when I was sick and in jail. You fought for justice. You cared for your brothers and sisters. Come with me. Then the messenger ran, scaled the walls, and blew his trumpet for the last time. And from the pinnacle, God's messenger saw how all the people of the world were grouped into two. Only two. Only two. And they began to walk through the two roads, only two. It was almost nightfall, and once again, the valley remained deserted as it was in the beginning. If you haven't figured it out yet, the story I just read to you is Matthew 25. Put aside all your political attachments. Put aside all your personal opinions. Because I used to think the Bible said 10,000 different things, but I have come to know that the Bible only says a few things in 10,000 different ways. When Christ spoke of God's family in the last judgment, he did not speak of religion, prayers, or ritual, and not even sin. He spoke only of human need. Friends, humans are God's sacraments. All people from north and south and east and west, are God's sacraments. On this World Communion Sunday, where we celebrate standing together in spirit and in action to dismantle systems of oppression and inertia, whether it happens in institutions or in our very own attitudes. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review this podcast so that we can reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. To support our ministry, go to www.haddonfieldprez.org and click on the Give tab at the top of the page. Grace and peace be with you.